Come on, church, can we celebrate all the great things that happened at VBS this week? Oh my goodness. Huge shout out to our family ministry team, um, all the work, the preparation that goes into that, but also um, a huge shout out to all the volunteers and serve team members who made last week happen. Church, can we just thank God for all the volunteers? Maybe it was just one night, maybe you gave up all five nights. Um, you, by your service, you impacted the lives of countless kids. And I'm so thankful to be here and be a part of what God is doing here at One Life Church. Hey, before we dive into my part of the Summer at One Life series, I kind of want to just give us, oh, by the way, um, I've been away for a long time. So if I have not met you, um, my name is Jared. I serve here as the lead pastor. Um, and after you know weeks of vacation and traveling, it's good to be home. It's good to continue the series. Um, and I wanna give you just some, some details of where we're going as a church before we um, dive into the message. Is that okay with everybody? If I kinda just tell you where we're going for the next several months. Um, and here's the first thing, just to let you know, that after this series is over, so we have one more week at the Summer at One Life, but on July 31st, this will be our back to school series because most schools, believe it or not, they're starting um, next week or the week after. Um, and this is probably one of the most important sermon series that I, I've ever done here as your pastor in the last five years. And we're calling it Culture of Compromise, um, meaning how do we thrive in a very secular culture, in a very secular world? Some of you have been wondering, um, when is Pastor Jerry gonna talk about some of the hot button issues in our culture? Well, buckle up, because here we go. We're gonna talk about this and we're gonna let the book of Daniel be our guide of how do we thrive in Babylon? How do we thrive in a very secular, secular culture? I tell you this now, this is a perfect series to invite your friend, your neighbor, your coworker of what a biblical worldview looks like in the middle of all of the chaos that we're, that we're experiencing, um, July 31st. Then the very next week, Pastor DJ just mentioned this, but brand new service times, 9 and 10.30. If you show up at 11 o'clock, you'll have missed the worship, you'll have missed the intro, um, you're still welcome to come, but I tell you this long in advance, and by next week, we'll have invite cards to remind all of you, and you can pass them out to your friends. But we're doing this um, for two reasons. Um, number one, a lot of young families have just told us, hey, the 11 o'clock service doesn't work for us because of nap times and lunches and all of that, so we listened. But really the main reason is as we go to one church in two locations, we wanna be aligned and allow video and streaming and all of that to work. So we're gonna have a nine and 10.30 service here. We'll have one service, 10.30, as we begin our, our East Campus in September. Uh, but September 4th, after the Culture of Compromise series is over, I'm gonna call our church to a week of prayer and fasting, and we'll give you more details in the future because September 11th, we will be one church in two locations. Y'all excited about that? One church in two locations. Here's some really good news. Next Sunday afternoon, all of our equipment, our trailers are being delivered. And next Sunday, July 24th, our East Mesa launch team, core team, will be trained, will be learning, will be setting up, will be tearing down everything over at the Gateway Polytech Academy. And I'll, I'll show you some pictures after that's all over. But I'm telling all of you, because your generosity, that is being delivered this week. And we're just taking a moment of like, oh, thank God, but also praise, <laughs> praise God that we're, we're on target for that. And also on September 11th, I'm starting a new series called Asking for a Friend. 
um, where we will answer the questions that you're asking all the way back from our Easter, our Easter survey. And after that series is over, I'm starting a brand new series called The One Life Movement, which is part two of this series. Because believe it or not, we're coming up on the one year anniversary where we launched our strategic initiatives to update, remodel this campus, to launch a new campus, to give money away to our mission partners. And I'll give you lots of updates, highlights, everything that God's doing in October. And then our favorite series of the year at the movies begins November 6th. Those movies have been recorded. Now it's in production and I can't wait for the next several months with you. We're gonna have a lot of fun, a lot of fun together. Y'all excited about that? Our 930s. Our, I gotta, our nine o'clock service was really excited. Are you all excited about the future here? Where we're going? Good, good. All right, if you haven't already, get your sermon notes out and let's, let's continue in, in this, this series. Now, we've had a lot of guest speakers, our staff pastors have been, have been teaching. And my part in this series has been to give you some vision, some mission and some values of, of where we've been and where we desire to continue to go um, in the future as we, as we expand. So week one, I told you that we're gonna be a church that enjoys life, that we're gonna have fun together, that this should be the best hour of your week. It should put wind in your sails. Then week two, I told you that we're gonna be a church that experiences and encounters the presence of God that beyond just all the events that we do and songs that we sing and lights and VBS and camps and all of those things, which are good things, beyond all of those things, we wanna be a church that experiences the power and the presence of God because I know just one moment in his presence, everything can begin to change for you. And then three weeks ago, I, I gave you part three, is that we're gonna be a church that empowers leaders that this church should not look like me, this church should look like all of, all of you, that God has put a call on your life and my job as your pastor is to help you understand that call and then to empower you, to release you, to go fulfill the dreams that God's putting in your life. Now today, I'm gonna give you the final installment of this and I believe this is the most important value that we have here at One Life Church. It is the most, this is last, but it's certainly not least, this is the most important and here it is that we will be a church that exists for other people. That we'll be a church that exists for other people. Let me say another way, that we'll be a church that exists for people who aren't here yet. Now, I say that and I can already feel the tension in the room because we, all of us have a gravitational pull inside of us that draws us to make sure that our needs, that our desires, that our wants, that everything is catered to for us. And if that's the case, once we're catered to, then, then we'll be okay with existing for, for other people. And, and I, by the way, I'm guilty of this too. As the lead pastor of this church, I wanna be happy. I wanna make sure that my needs are met. We all want our needs to be met. And then we're okay by saying, yeah, that's, so I saw many of you, you shook your hands, you said, amen. We exist for other people. And then it was as long as dot, 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 dot. This is met, this is met, this is met. I'm happy that, yeah, then I'm okay if we exist for those who aren't here yet. And church, let me say it this way. We are going to have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Let, let me say that again. We will have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. We're, we're gonna have to be 
comfortable. Because this is true, we exist for those who aren't here yet, we're gonna have to be comfortable with changing our service times. We're gonna have to be comfortable with adding in the future more service times. We're gonna have to be comfortable in the future with adding new locations, not just in East Mesa, but other parts all around the East Valley. We're gonna have to be comfortable with that. We're gonna have to be comfortable with giving more resources away so we can reach more people than we ever have before. We're gonna have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. We're gonna have to be comfortable parking further away than we ever have before. We're gonna have to be comfortable once our family ministry area, our One Life Kids is all completed. We're gonna have to be comfortable waiting in longer lines, checking our kids in than we ever have before. Dare I say this? Should I say this, hon? I'm gonna say this. Um, Some of you will have to be comfortable watching a sermon on a video screen. Because we exist for those who aren't here yet. We're gonna have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. This church exists for those who aren't here yet. James, the half-brother of Jesus, who understood the heart of Jesus probably better than anybody else, this is what he says in James chapter one, verse 27. It says, real religion. I love how he says that because so many people think, well, religion is checking this off, this off, this off, and once I do all of these things, then God will be pleased with me. Once I go to church and I give and I serve and I go through the growth track and all these, there's all good things. We want you to do those. Once we do that, then that will be good. (laughs) James says, real religion that kind of, that passes muster, so that's an old term that just means when God does an inspection on your religion, where he'll actually be pleased, that this is it. This is what he's after. This is the religion that he's after, is that we first reach out to the homeless and we reach out to the loveless in their plight. Here's what he's saying, that church isn't about us, that it's about reaching other people, those who aren't here yet. The church, it is the hope of the world when it's working, when it's working right. Jesus came to establish one thing. We are God's plan A to bring redemption to the world. Just so you know that. The the local church is the hope of the world when it's working right. Not politics, not the economy, not the Republican side, the Democrat side. There is no candidate. The The hope of the world is Jesus Christ. He's the only person that can bring hope, that can bring peace, and that can bring life. That's it. So because of that, We're gonna be a church that reaches out to those who aren't here yet. We have the greatest message in the world and it's our responsibility to share it. Not to sit back and to be comfortable, make sure our needs are met. We'll be a church for those who aren't here yet. So I wanna give you the why. I think I've explained that like, okay, so why? why? Why do we have to do that? Why can't we just sit back and relax. I have three principles to give you the why. Take these notes. If you're not taking notes, I would encourage you to take some notes today. Here's number one, is that we are blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. Now this is a spiritual principle that goes all the way back to when God chose Abraham to lead the people. Like he's like, Israel will be established through you. We are blessed to be a blessing. Now I say that, and here's the problem that, the tension that I feel, 
is that many of us in the room, we don't feel blessed. We focus on everything that we don't have instead of realizing all the things that we do have, how much God has blessed us. Well, you must be talking to other people because if you knew my circumstance, I am not blessed. Okay, let's compare your circumstances to other people around the world today. Right now, I know it's a little warm in here, but right now we are sitting in the middle of July in a room that has air conditioning. We're blessed. You got in a car this morning and you drove here to this church or you took an Uber. Either way, you're blessed. I'm looking out today across this room and online, I'm trusting, I please, please, please. Like all of you have clothes on today. Like you're, you're blessed. We're gonna get in our cars in just a few moments when we dismiss you and you're gonna stop by a store or you're gonna go to a restaurant or you're gonna go home and you're gonna put food in your belly. You are blessed. This is my opinion. After all the states that we've lived in, I, I believe that we live in the greatest state, in the greatest country in all of the world. We are blessed. God in his providence, he could have chosen you to put you right now in Eastern Europe with war and with famine, but he didn't. You're here today. You are blessed. Here's the spiritual principle. It goes all the way back to Abraham. I will bless you. Here's why. Because you will be a blessing to other people. One Life Church, God will bless us so we can be a blessing to other people. Not just to take care of our own needs, but to bless others. Now think about this, not just physically and all the resources. Now let's think about this principle spiritually. You have been blessed. If you have given your life to Jesus, you have been blessed. That God does not treat you as your sins deserve. You are blessed. If God treated you as your sins deserve, we would all be in hell today. But he loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sin, to forgive you of all of your unrighteousness. Why? So you can have a right relationship with God the Father. Church, you are blessed. And because we are blessed, we have a responsibility to give that blessing away. Here's what Paul says. Now, this is a theme all throughout every epistle that Paul has written. I just like how he says it in Ephesians. Paul says, be kind and helpful to one another, tenderhearted, compassionate, understanding. Now check this out. Forgiving one another, I'm gonna say this with me, and this is hard. Forgiving one another readily and freely just as God in Christ also forgave you. We have received the compassion, the understanding, the forgiveness of God. Why? So we're to give that same compassion, understanding and forgiveness away to other people. We are blessed to be a blessing. This wasn't in my notes and I said it at the 930 service and I'm gonna say it again here. But some of you today, you're withholding forgiveness to someone because you think that they don't deserve it. And you think by you holding resentment and bitterness in your life that you're actually holding that person hostage. But in reality, you're only holding yourself hostage. And it's keeping you from experiencing the freedom, the joy. It's keeping you from experiencing the life that God has for you. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but some of you, you need to forgive 
readily and freely the same way in which God has forgiven you. We have been blessed, One Life Church, so we can be a blessing to other people. Here's, here's my second point, write this in, is that when we bless others, God takes care of our needs. I, I love this principle so much because this is the principle that says, God, when we honor you first, when we, when we bless other people, like you will take care of everything that we have in our life. Now, this is why I'm a firm believer in the principle of tithing in generosity. Now, I know when I, a pastor uses the word tithe, people start to freak out. Now, I stand on this stage today that, to say, I want nothing from you. I want this, I want this for you. Amanda and I, 15 years, we've been living this principle. And I could line up a hundred other people on the stage to tell you that this works, that when you bless others, when you make this commitment to bless others first, God will take care of all of your needs. I'm telling you. Now, that's individually, and many of you, under, that's why you're clapping and cheering, because you know that this is a true principle. But when I became your pastor five years ago, I put in place, in fact, I told the elders at the time in our finance team, I was so bold, I said, I will not pastor a church that doesn't first live by this principle. And it's this principle, it's called the 10-10-80. The 10-10-80. Let me, let me break that down, because some of you are brand new and you're wondering, how are the finances work around One Life Church? Well, here's, here's how they work. Every dollar that comes into this place, through giving, revenue, generosity, whatever the case is, the first 10%, so tomorrow afternoon, when everything's counted from the whole entire week, 10% of that overall gift will be put in a giving account. This is how we pay for our global missionaries. This is how we support our ministries here in our local schools. By the way, we have eight local schools that we're a part of, Title I schools, that we've adopted, that we bless because of your generosity. If, if there's a need that arises, like a natural disaster, I don't have to stand on this stage and say, hey, we should give money over there. Because of your generosity in advance, we already send money to our global partners there on the field to take care of those needs. 10, 10, 80. The first 10% we put in a giving account that goes outside of our doors. That money is not for us. And the second thing that we do is we take the same 10 the same number, and we put 10% in a savings account. And that is for future growth, future development. In fact, this week we had some air conditioners go out. I didn't have to stand on this stage and say, hey, we could take up a special offering for some more air conditioners. No, because of the way that we steward the finances, because of your generosity, we had the money already in the savings account to take care of those, of those needs. There is such freedom, and I, I will never have to stand on this stage because of this principle and need this week's offering. That should give you lots of confidence. We, we margin and budget in a way where we give first, we save second, and here's what the 80s, we live on the rest. This is where we do staff, this is how we do ministry, facilities, we live on the rest, which by the way, this is God's pathway for financial success in your home. Give first, that teaches like God, you own it all. When you save second, it builds wealth. And when you live on 80, it teaches you, it teaches you contentment. And we have seen God, since I became your pastor five years ago, God, by living this principle, God has poured out his blessing upon blessing, upon blessing, upon favor, upon favor, upon favor. So much so sometimes that we, God, like, would you stop, turn it off. Like it's, it's been amazing. 
There's almost nothing that God won't do. I really believe this for the person, the couple, the group of people that live by this principle that say, God, we're gonna bless other people first before we ever take care of our own need. God guarantees it. In fact, Jesus says in Luke chapter 19 or 18, I guarantee it. Anyone who gives up anything for the kingdom of God will certainly receive many times more in this life and will receive eternal life in the next world to come. Let me say this again. I believe there's almost nothing that God won't do for the person, the couple, the group of people that bless other people first. God will take care of your need. Uh, Jesus says again in Luke chapter six, this is the message, give your life away and you'll find your life given back, but not merely given back, given back with bonus and given back with, with blessing. Bonus and blessing. This is not prosperity gospel. That is not what we're teaching here. I, I do not hold to a prosperity gospel. This is what Jesus would teach. When you honor him first, he will take care of every need that you have. So much so, bonus and blessing, it may not even come back to you financially. It may come back to you relationally. It may come back to you emotionally. It may come back to you in different aspects of your life, but you will trust God in this and you will receive bonus and, and blessing. Now here's, here's the third thing, I gotta hurry of why this is so important. This is the teeth to why we're at church for other people. It's because the more we're blessed by God, the more he expects us to help other people. So let me say it this way. I actually believe God wants to bless you even more than you're currently blessed. Not just to have more, accumulate more. No, he wants to bless you more so you can bless more people. There's a higher level of, of expectation. And lately, I've sensed this over the last couple of months with all the construction and the launch of the new campus, that there's a holy fear that I'm experiencing right now as the lead pastor of this house of spending more time in prayer and asking God, God, you have brought us this far. You've done this much. Now, what else do you have for us? Because there's a tendency, right, for us to sit back and to say, wow, we have this 60-year-old this 60 heritage and this history and, and look what everything that we've done in the past. And now we're saying, God, look what you're, you're doing in, in, the, in the present. But here's, here's what I wanna know. God, God has blessed us. He's brought us to this moment. The foundation has been laid, not just to pat ourselves on the back and to feel good about it. No, he's brought us to this moment because he expects more from us. Much is given. Jesus says, much is required from those to whom much is given for their responsibility. One Life Church, our responsibility is, is greater, which is why we're not gonna be a church that focuses solely on ourselves, that we're gonna be a church that focuses and reaches out to those who aren't here yet. We must never lose sight of that vision. And as we come to the end of these values. I'm gonna give you some final words. As Jesus is ascending in into heaven, he's giving the, the great commission. In fact, in every single gospel, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, the great commission is mentioned in some form. Acts, it's even mentioned. But also in every single epistle, so 12 epistles, a form of the great commission is mentioned. I don't know if you've known that. It's in different language, different forms. Uh, Ephesians has a really good one, but this is, this is the one that I've really adopted. In fact, we've structured our entire church off of Colossians chapter one, to know God, find a friend, discover purpose, make a difference. This is rooted in the great, the great commission. Maybe you, you've, you've never heard that before. 
But this is the final words that Jesus is giving to his followers, to his disciples, the marching orders. And so as I end my time, Summer at One Life, I'm gonna give you the final words. This is what we're all, we're all about. Colossians chapter one, follow along. Paul says, we proclaim Jesus, talking about Jesus. That's the first thing. Admonishing, and I'll talk about what that means in just a moment, that's the second thing. And once you do those things, and we're teaching, that's the third, everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. That when you stand before the Lord and give an account for the one life that you've lived, I want you to win that test. I want you to ace that um, exam. We may present everyone perfect in Christ to this end. This is what Paul says. This is why we do what we do. This is why I labor. This is why I struggle with all of his energy. Why we position ourselves in such a way to make all this happen, which so powerfully works, works within us. So I'm going to give it to you one more time. You, if you've been around here for, for a while, you've already heard this, but let me give it to you one more time that we're going to be a church, number one, that reaches people that reaches people. That's the first thing, that we're gonna reach people, that we're gonna organize ourselves in such a way where we never stop reaching out for people. We're gonna organize ourselves in a way where it looks like the ministry of Jesus. Now, think about Jesus's ministry. Who, who, who did Jesus attract? He attracted the fringe, the outsider, the outcasts, the prostitute, the tax collectors. He attracted little kids. Little kids loved being around him. You know, when we position ourselves to reach people, you know what's gonna happen just like Jesus? The, the sinners will love us <laughs> and the religious will mock us. And that's already happening to a certain extent around here. So I'm actually kind of okay with that because we're positioning ourselves as, as Jesus did. I mean, think about that. Who was Jesus constantly around? Sinners. Which is why we will be a church. We will position, we will create environments where the lost, people who are on the outside, will feel comfortable being here in this, in this space. You know, one of the most important numbers that I get every single week is not what was our offering, how many people attended the entire weekend, how many people were online. And those are important numbers to gauge. But the most important numbers that I look at every single week are how many people were here for the very first time, how many new people were with us. And the most important number that I gauge is how many people gave their life to Jesus last weekend. Can, can I tell you a really cool number that I got this week from Pastor DJ, he told me, that so far in six and a half months of ministry, just in our weekend services, we're not talking about camps, VBS, we're just here in our weekend services, over 160 people have made a decision to follow Jesus right here at One Life Church. Isn't that awesome? Let me say it this way. We will do whatever we can, short of sin, to reach people with the good news of Jesus. As long as there is a heaven and as long as there is a hell with real fire, we will never stop reaching people for Jesus. Amen, everybody? Some of you are gonna love this verse. Some of you are gonna hate it. But Jesus says, go out into the country and urge anyone you find to come in so that my house will be full. That church is just getting too big. Yup. <laughs> and we're not going to stop until all of Mesa is reached with the good news of Jesus Christ.
we are not too big. We will never be too big because right now there is 500,000 people in the city of Mesa, 35% claim to have a real relationship with Jesus, which means there's 365,000 people in Mesa, Arizona, tomorrow would die and they would go to a real place with real fire, a place called hell. Do you wanna know what fires me up and motivates is not making sure church people are happy, is making sure that we're a church that reaches people so that heaven will be full. I love Colossians, he continues. We're gonna reach people, he proclaimed him, we're gonna make Jesus known and we're gonna admonish. Here's the second thing. Now that's an old King James word, nobody knows what that means. How about we just say this, we're gonna warn people. Now I think so many churches have this backwards. Like you gotta get on that stage. And you gotta tell people how bad they are. Listen, people know how bad they are. It's not my job. Like once we reach people, once we've earned the right to be heard, once they give their life to Jesus because it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance, not the other way around. Once we reach people, then we warn people. And this is how we do this at this church. We ask you to get into a group. Sunday morning, I hope this is the hour that puts wind in your sails, it fires you up, it gives you hope for the week, gives you practical things that you can apply to your family, to your parenting, to your relationships. That, that's the goal for Sunday morning. But when you get into a group and you're around people um, that think like you and talk like you, and, and then you find somebody that you really like and you have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with them, and then you realize, oh my goodness, I can be real with you. I don't have to pretend like I do on Sunday mornings. I can take off the mask and I can let you see like behind all, all the things that are in my closet. Like once I do that, then you find freedom. Once you allow somebody to see into your life, the freedom is possible. People hold you accountable, they, they encourage you, they know who you, they know who you are. I, I have people in this church that know everything about me. They have, they have access to my computer, my phone. They, there's, there's no secrets. They, they hold me accountable, they encourage, why? Because I, I need it just like everybody else. This is what I'm asking you to do. Our, our small group semester, we call them now life groups. Normally it would begin in September, but because we're launching a new campus, we're deciding to launch our new semester in October, give people a, a nice runway, advertise market for it, et cetera. I'm gonna ask all of you to get into a group this fall. Try a life group out. We're gonna have probably over 60, 70 life groups this semester, all kinds of life groups. We're gonna have parenting life groups. If you're a parent and you want help with that, get into a parenting life group. If you're married and you want help in your marriage, get into a marriage and family life group. If you're not in all that, but you wanna play softball, get into a softball life group, get into a paddleboarding life group, get into a mountain biking life group. I don't care what group you wanna be a part of. I just know that when Christians gather, usually good things happen. And all I want is for you to find one friend in that group that you can be real with, you can remove the mask and you can begin to experience the freedom that God has for you. In fact, this is Old Testament. Solomon says, if one falls, the other can help his friend get up. That's what I want for all of you. But how tragic it is for the one that's all alone when he falls. There is no one to help him get up. This is how we pastor you here at One Life Church. Get in a group, let people know who you are. Open your life to them. Allow God to meet you in those moments. Here's, here's the third part. This is Colossians, go back to Colossians. So we're, we're, we're reaching people, we're admonishing, we're warning people, and then we're teaching people with all wisdom. 
Now, this is number three. It's teach. Teach people. <laughs> this is how this works here at our church. In fact, I get asked this question a lot. Jared, why do you keep on making announcements for the growth track? Get in the growth track. Get in the growth track. Get in the growth track. Why is that the only consistent announcement that you make each and every week? Here, here's why. Because the growth track is the most important thing that we do here at One Life Church. This is how we can help teach you, grow you, disciple you, get you on a team where you can reach your full, your full potential. In fact, our team has made it so simple. We're only asking for two weeks um, ever to get through the growth track. The first week you're gonna understand, know God, find a friend, discover, uh, discover your gifts, uh, get on a team, make a difference. But then we're gonna teach you your spiritual gift. We're gonna teach you your personality and how God has uniquely called you and wired you for gifts of ministry. Well, Jared, isn't that your job to do the ministry? No. Some of you are not gonna like this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. It is not my job to go visit hospitals. It's not. It's not my job. My job is to equip the saints, equip all of you to do the work of ministry. Here's what Paul says in Ephesians. God gave some to be pastors, that's me. What am I supposed to do? What's your job, Jared? To prepare God's people for works of service. God has, just like he has a call on my life, God has a call on all of your lives. My job is to help you discover that so you can go make an internal difference so that the body of Christ, one life church, the kingdom of God may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of the fullness of Christ. We wanna teach you. Here's the last one, here's number four. At once we reach people, once we warn people, we teach people, then we wanna present. I, I want you to stand before the Lord and win that exam, ace it, that everyone is perfect in Christ. Present everyone perfect in Christ. And here's the fourth point, write it in, then I'm done, is we wanna help people reach their full, their full potential. To know why they're here. Why has God placed you on this earth? And to give you the tools to be able to accomplish it. It's already happening to some, to some extent, but I, I see the day when people line up and they say, yeah, I, I came to One Life Church. My, my friend invited me, my coworker invited me. I came in, I found Jesus. And my life was completely changed. And then I got in a group and I met a friend and they started holding me accountable and started talking to me. And, called me to be a better version of myself than what I currently am. And, and I'm experiencing freedom in my life that I've never experienced before. And then I hopped on the growth track and I understood that with my past and with my talents and my gifts and the spiritual gifts that God's put inside of me, that I actually have a purpose in life that's beyond what I already thought. And now I'm on a team and I'm serving. And because of how I use my gifts, I know that I'm making a big difference in the life of people. I'm reaching my full potential. Hey, hey, One Life Church, that's my prayer for all of us, is that we just wouldn't make a difference, is that we would make an enormous difference for the kingdom of God. I mean, we get one shot, one life to do this. Why not make the most of it? Why don't we reach the full potential that God has for us. In fact, Ephesians, this is what Paul says, for we are God's workmanship. Think about that. He's created you, every, he's put everything inside of you. He's perfect, he has never made a mistake. 
We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Say this with me nice and loud. To do. One more time. To do. Not to sit. Not to listen. Not just to feel good about ourselves. Oh, look what a big, no, no. We are, cre- we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. How about it? How about we reach our full potential? That we stand before the Lord one day and we say, God, this is the life that you've given me. And I understand how you wired me. I understand how you put everything together. And I'm reaching the full potential. I mean, there is almost nothing that a group of people, a church, there's almost nothing that we wouldn't be able to do if we all understand this vision. Which then brings us back to an earlier point that we have been blessed. We have been blessed. We're blessed so we can be a blessing, which is why we can never be a church just for us. We will be a church that exists for those who aren't here yet. So by your heads, close your eyes all over the room. Online, I invite you to turn off every distraction. I believe God is speaking to many of us today. And some of you are in the room and you would say, you know, um, Jared, I gotta go back to one of the earlier points. I have never responded to the grace and the forgiveness that God has for me. Maybe you're here and you think that God's mad at you, he's angry, and I want you to know today, he's not mad at you, he loves you very much. That no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, he has a great plan and purpose for your life. In fact, he loved you so much that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for you. And some of you, you've never responded to that. In the quietness of this moment, Right where you are, I invite you to just to pray this prayer. You know you need to today. Open up your heart, give God your life. This prayer will not save you, but it's the starting point. Pray your prayer like this. Just say, today, God, I'm sorry for going my own way. I'm sorry for keeping you at a distance. But say this, but today, as simply as I know how, I give you my life. Come, live inside of me. Change me. Today, I receive all that you have for me, your love, your grace, your forgiveness. Because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross for me, today, I respond to it. I receive it fully. I tell him this. Say, today, God, as simply as I know how, I promise to live for you. Holy Spirit, I thank you for every person who's praying that prayer. Some today are praying that prayer for the very first time. Others, it might be a prayer of recommitment, but Lord, you know right where they are today. We say thank you. And now my prayer is that the people of God, that we'll apply the word of God to our life, that we'll be a group of people so focused on reaching people, on warning people, on teaching people, and helping people reach their full potential. God, go before us, make the hard things easy. We hold nothing back. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Hey, church, will you celebrate with me those who just said yes to Jesus in the room and online? Way to go. If you, if you took a moment and you prayed that prayer with me, um, do me a favor, take out the connection card that's inside that worship guide. 
That connection card is the same thing that we've been talking about all service. Um, same hassle-free guarantee. Uh, we're just gonna give you an email, giving you some clear steps. And are you ready for it? Um, we're gonna tell you about the growth track. It's a two-step process that will help you know God, find a friend, discover your purpose so you can make a difference. We'd love to help you take your next steps here at One Life Church. And way to go, the most important decision you've ever made in your life, you just made it. And we can't wait to partner with you on, on this journey. Um, church, before we send you out, we're gonna worship God right now through the giving of our tithes and offerings. Aren't you excited to do that today? I know you are. We serve a give first God, so we're gonna be a give first people. So however you give, in the boxes in the back, online, in the app, sending it in the mail, thank you for your amazing and your continued generosity here at One Life Church. Um, I'm gonna invite you to stand to your feet all over the room. And if you need prayer today for any reason, our prayer team will be down front. Um, I, in fact, I encourage you to do this. Do not leave this campus today. If you need prayer, allow our team to pray with you and to pray for you. Um, we'd love the chance to come alongside of you. And if you're brand new around here, my wife and I will be down front for a moment after the service is over. We'd love to shake your hand. We'd love to welcome you today to One Life Church. Let me pray. God, again, I thank you for the amazing people of One Life Church. Thanks for what you're doing here today and, and those who just said yes to you. We praise you and we honor you. And now I pray that we'll have the most amazing Sunday afternoon that we've ever had. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Church, I love you. Keep coming back. We'll see you next weekend.